Hello and welcome back to the Hypocritic Podcast. My name is Trent. Joining me today are my compadres without credentials, Nick and Steven. And this week we've got a club banger for you. Uh, my pick, so you know it's going to be good. Each week we each do a different pick. Um, we'll be spoiling the movie. If you could give five stars in a review, that'd be fantastic. Give us a follow on the at Hypocritic underscore podcast on Insta. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Without further ado, we got Joaquin Phoenix. We got Russell Crowe. Um, this is a, a very, very famous movie. Very big movie. Came out in 2000. Boys, this week we're doing Gladiator. 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 My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. Commander of the Armies of the North. <laughs> <laughs> my pick so you know it's gonna be a good one what do you guys uh say we get into this let's get into it let's get in as we said gladiator this week but first let's see what's going on with the guys nick and steven how you doing well nick very well. How are you Very over well. There? Colorado, Denver. Good. Address 1963. <laughs> Just kidding. 1963. <laughs> what? Uh, but yeah, I uh, played some golf on Friday. We were kind of talking about that off air. Um, mm. Went with Rachel on Friday, which was fun. And then yesterday went rafting for Lizzie's... Uh, oh, her float? Uh, what, f- Lizzie's float thing that we were talking about. Which was sweet. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. I've been camp- camping a lot this summer and uh, and rafting. So. Oh, that Nick, were you doing that rafting today? I did it yesterday. Rafted yesterday. Oh. Came back today, this morning. So I'm pretty okay. tired. Um, you know, we're hanging in there. Hanging in there for the pod. A little Sunday afternoon pod. So. Sunday afternoon pod. That's right. Yeah. Sunday afternoon pod. I actually almost I'm went rafting in, uh, yesterday, too. I, I that's so oh, random. It's so random how that almost have. I did not. Uh, the weather took a little bit of a turn here, but mm. um, I guess yesterday was a rafting day. Stephen, did you raft? Trent, one night you and I pulled an all nighter and decided to go rafting, and about halfway through a four hour session, completely regretted. I it. remember that. And yeah. we're out really? in the heat, and this we're out. There was like a two, and we were really booking it this last two hours. We weren't even floating and enjoying it. We were just trying to get back because we were both just exhausted. Yeah. You know, it's just you're just dumb kids. What is you stay this? up all night. You're like, oh, let's go tubing. It's super early. It'll be great. <laughs> like getting an Wasn't. inner tube and floating in the river. Yeah. We shot the hooch. Shot, yeah, shoot the oh, hooch. Okay. But yeah, you went man. too far. But uh, like, I, like I was telling you boys earlier, I shot a 68 this weekend at Legacy. Felt Feeling pretty good par about it. Par three course. It was a great for those par three. Par three course. It does have four par fours on Steven's it. Steven's not um, that I did good. Par, I think I might have parred all of them, um, maybe except for one, I think. I did. the And the par, the fours for me are at least harder to par just because I can't drop it right on the green off the tee. But yeah, it was uh, very, very good. Last night. Courtney and I, we went camping at Three Forks, just took the truck out there, oh, had cool. the queen mattress in the back, nice. and nice. pulled up, just Skirt. started a little fire, made some dogs. 
Yeah, well, um, I'm excited to be in Atlanta in August to play Steven, challenge him mano y mano, man to man. Marietta City, baby, August 6th. August 6th. We're going to be having a crowd there. Don't be, if you want to get tickets. That's right. Let us know. Chat section is blowing up. Nick, I will be putting on 18 (laughs) birdies. You can watch it from, uh, from your couch. I'll be getting the popcorn. And um, Nick's going to be watching that close in the British Open. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, yeah. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a good one. I'm ready for that, Steven. You're going down. Oh, it's going to be fun. I'm getting it set up. We're even going to go with Preston. I don't want to get Nick T. Jelly over there. But, I know. Uh, he's just, he's jelly just for already. feature remembrance, you know. I'm not saying it, just for feature. Super well, jelly. Well, guys, I did a boatload of research on this one about the olden Roman days. So I'm excited to get into that. Um, lots to get into with this one. I will go ahead and do a little plot here uh, before we start. Stats and facts. The plot is a former Roman general sets out to exact vengeance against the corrupt emperor who murdered his family and sent him into slavery. That is what IMDB gave us. It is a nice little hero's journey story. Classic story here of a Mm. nice, good, loving man who also... Unleashes some hell on some gladiators. This guy's a motherfucking boss when it comes to fighting. Um, I'm sure we'll get into some of those scenes. But if you guys are ready, let's let's hit the stats. We will. Stats and facts. Let's hit the stats. All right, gladiator guys. Stats and facts this week. Gladiator stats. Um, let's see here. So this movie did pretty well box office wise. It also did pretty well is in the public in general. It won five Oscars. Um, mm. Let's see, I got them quick. Best picture, best actor, who's Russell Crowe. Best sound, best costume design, best visual effects. And I also wanted to plug here because they got best sound. Hans Zimmer's score is one of the best selling movie soundtracks of all time in this one. Thought that was interesting. Interesting. Uh, the movie. Did do 78% Rotten Tomatoes, 8.5 IMDb, 87% audience score Rotten Tomatoes, and I believe it's a 91% on Google users. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty high up there. I mean, Russell Crowe obviously I think deserved that. Maybe even, might I say, Joaquin Phoenix deserved a, a little best supporting actor in this one. That's just oh, me yeah. going early mm-hmm. on what my opinion is here. I don't want to get too far into all of what we think, but... That's what I thought. May fifth, uh, two thousand was the release date. Rated R, two hours thirty five minutes. What do we think the box office did? Any guesses? Um, judging mil. for inflation, I'm gonna go. What did you say the budget was? The I, no, tell I me didn't. the budget again, because that was um. I he didn't. I didn't say it. I was really uh, interested in the budget. What do you think the budget was? Don't look it up, Stephen. Uh, um, I don't know. I, I was thinking like, I mean, Jesus, this is 2000. I mean, God, it had to have been like 20 million at least. No, they put some money into it. I mean, you could see the, oh, 103 million. Was... Yeah. One so this mil. was, um, was I was watching, office? I was like, wow, this, this is really, uh, really well done. Um, I knew they were eventually going to show the Coliseum and I th- think they did a great job with depicting the Coliseum. And all of the oh, fighting, fantastic. obviously, inside of the Coliseum, which was great. Fantastic but you even saw, job. like, little mini versions of the Coliseum. And I will tell you guys, the Coliseum is the largest amphitheater today. 
Is mm. it now? Yes, it, despite its age. It's also the oldest. Wow. And it's um the largest. And at the time, it could hold like over 50,000 people, like fifty to 80,000. I think it was like normal for there to be like 60,000 people there. Before yes, you guys so, start uh, tickling my balls too hard, what was the what was the box office? Yeah, Stephen, you're getting ahead of me here, but I do want to get back to the Coliseum. The box office was 460 mil. Jeez. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's a I guess good 200. turnaround. Judging for oh, inflation, yeah. we might be in the thick. bills. It's, we might be in the bills. It's, guys, it's thick this week. Okay, That's a we'll thick Nice and thick. And uh, like you said, Stephen, I did want to talk about the Coliseum because it's a fucking badass. Like I, I, I was on fucking History Channel learning about this shit to get ready for this pod, doing research. Hell so yeah! Apparently, apparently, back in the day, like Rome started uh, creating roads. They're the ones that like created roads with stones, and if it rained, the rain runoff would go off the stones into like the dirt. So basically, in Rome, all roads led to Rome and all roads in Rome led to the Coliseum. It's like the downtown hub. It's right in the middle of Rome. Right in the middle of Rome. Of everything. Yeah. Yes. Directly downtown, like epicenter. Um, And it was fascinating. I mean, I didn't realize, like you said, Stephen, it was like the biggest or anything. Uh, But No, it's it's still, and I was actually just doing some more research on it because I've always been fascinated. I'm part Italian. I had family that came over from Italy. And I've always just like... I don't know. There's this thing. There's a long time ago. I used to write this music where I would say Coliseum. And actually recently I even wrote some music with Nick where I brought up Coliseum. Like not even, um, it was just kind of in it, but it was funny because I brought up the Coliseum in this one song that, uh, Nick and I did. And I think there was something else I brought up with Rome, but then I ended up (laughs) titling the band name Roman numeral, which is today while my Amazon store is also named Roman numeral. And I remember when I thought of the name, I, I didn't even remember the name. I just remembered of actual Roman numerals. I was like, oh, yeah, that what is that? What was the, what was the word for that? And I looked it up, and uh, there's been a lot of – and I just thought it was funny because I had mentioned the Coliseum in those songs. And I've mentioned the Coliseum in other songs too before. And um, it was funny because before I even knew what the Coliseum was, I wrote this lyric that said, I met God in the Coliseum. And I ended up going back, and I, and it really is a place where a lot of people died. I mean – like that back mm-hmm. in the day, it was like just like this movie depicts was a place where people died for entertainment. What was also interesting, you bring up God there, Stephen. That just reminded me. I was looking at like what what collapsed the Roman Empire because it was so massive for so long, and it took up like Italy, like you said, it took up Spain, it took up uh, underneath even Africa and the Middle East. It was all around the Mediterranean. And they had people coming after it like all the time, barbarians, the people from, uh, right. uh, um, you know, all all areas were trying to like kill Rome, people. but they never really could. Yeah, exactly. And what was what was interesting also is that they did like have feats in engineering. Like there was no buildings like these coliseums or anything that was even close to being that tall. So some of the engineering feats were like incredible. They created these aqueducts which are basically these things that just t- carried water from high sources to low sources. Mm-hmm. So they, they were first able to get all this water to all of these people, like a million people. I think it was the first time they had all in like one con- concentrated area. So all of this was kind of incredible and all happening um, right around when Jesus uh, coming back to your God statement, Stephen, when Jesus was like around and, and he died and then uh, his following was kind of a 
kind of a paradigm shift for a lot of people. Everybody like worshiped Roman gods and thought of like Caesars and stuff as gods. But then they started thinking of Jesus as like mm-hmm. the Messiah and stuff like that. And that contrast um, being uh, these ideas that kind of like commingled, it started to make the Roman Empire kind of decline uh, is what I was seeing on this. Interesting. Well, so it was, was, it was a religious religious thing. Actually, at one point, Nick, I think this will answer your question. At one point, uh-huh. finally, like three emperors later after Jesus died, one of the um, emperors uh, got baptized and that really made it like change. Like then it was like accepted to be a follower of Christianity and all yeah. this stuff. And at that point, that's when everything started. Like all ideas were kind of out. And so yeah. I was I was kind of looking to it a little bit as well because... Um, Marcus Aurelius, who was the general who died, who, or, you know, who was the Caesar, I'm sorry, that died, who was killed by Walking Phoenix. He's like a famous Stoic, like, philosopher. Um, Yes. And I was reading up on him, and apparently he was very well-liked. He was one of the most well-liked rulers they had. And he was very, um, he was actually uh, supportive of Christians which I guess was very like taboo at the time. Like he was one of the yeah. first maybe to start accepting them. But um, can you give me screen share permission here in a second? I kind of want to save this for director and cast, but I would rather just show it, show it now yeah, before go ahead. I forget. You got it now. Yeah, he Steven, was. Stephen, this is he... going to get you. This is going to get you pumped. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Comparing him Jeez. to Dumbledore. They're the same uh, yeah. guy. Listen back to Harry Potter for that reference. Is it the same guy? That's the same dude. It's the same actor. Oh, is it the same actor? Oh, you're yeah, uh, not this just is, comparing. Um, Richard so, Harris. Uh, I do. I there is um these there are two Dumbledores in the series. This Dumbledore was in the very first and the second one, I believe. The OG the Dumbledore one, he that died. I really really like is actually um the the Dumbledore. I don't know if you saw on the screen. If you go back, there's a there's. The second Dumbledore is um, the Dumbledore I personally prefer, um, but it is uh, interesting that he this he must even though he was much younger in this, he was still. He well, still uh, was I was just old. reading a was, trivia thing that really Russell Crowe became. Yeah, Russell Crowe became really good friends with him during the filming, and apparently their friendship only lasted a few years until Harris died in two thousand two. But um, yeah, I didn't even realize that it was it was uh, Dumbledore there. But yeah, so he um, was on the first couple Harry Potters, and then it was and it was another Dumbledore. I forget his name, but I think he did an excellent. The second Dumbledore in my mind is who I envision when I see Dumbledore. I think he just did a, cra- a crazy good job. The first Dumbledore did a great job. This uh, gentleman also, mm-hmm. and I did like him in this movie. He was um he was a very good actor in this movie. But Trent, yeah. earlier to what you were saying is when I first started watching this movie. Um, I, I'd only, I, I've never watched a game of Thrones before, but, um, I know, I know the philosophy behind it. You know, they're all, they're just gun, everyone's gunning for the throne. They'll do whatever they have to do to get in the throne. And I just remember seeing Joaquin Phoenix. And then once he, once, uh, once that guy told, um, Maximus that he was going to put him in charge and not his son, I was like, Oh, wa- oh, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix is going to kill him. I was like, I know it. This is Game of Thrones. Yeah. This is a classic yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones. He's gonna do it. One, he's gonna do it before he's had the time, had the chance to announce it. 
And I remember when I was watching, I was like, oh, he's about to kill him right now. Like he's telling him he's getting all pissed. He's about to do it. <laughs> and he fucking does it. I was like, oh my gosh. So is this, is this, it's not a based on a true story. Is well, it? you could tell, you some, could tell. Some of it is like the, uh, I don't know if the murdering of, so, of uh, Marcus Aurelius is true, but the family members and all the characters are, are real. Interesting. Yeah. And, and, and it is interesting because Marcus Aurelius was like this fucking boss of a stoic philosopher who knew all this wisdom and he clearly saw and and Commodus who is Joaquin Phoenix was an ass of a son who like was the shitty son which also <laughs> is kind of like it's also like it's so interesting that such a great man like Marcus Aurelius had a son who was so shitty but like you know, I wonder what there is to that. We could probably dissect some of that stuff. But I love um, when you see because yeah. I I didn't even realize Joaquin Phoenix was in it. Of course, I'm like, oh my gosh, Joaquin Phoenix, and then he just goes over. He's like, Daddy, did I miss the war? Daddy, did I miss the battle? He's like hugging his dad. Yeah. Like the battle's done. Everyone's like dead around. He's right. like coming on his chariot and his like a really nice clothing. His dad's probably <laughs> yes. like, God damn it, yes, son, you missed the battle. Yes, thank you. We're done. Right. done. Thank him, okay? He over there won it. You should have been here, but all right. Just I must it, go. It, He's like trying it, to hug him. He's like, put me back on my horse. I gotta get out of here. Does it does remind me a bit, Nick, of Troy with um, mm-hmm. Orlando Bloom's character. You know, Orlando Bloom doesn't fight anybody really because he's not a good and yeah. but he's the he's the son and he's so beloved. true. This story is passed down for fucking ever. I mean this is I just I I really really loved Joaquin Phoenix's character. It was probably my favorite character. I wasn't crazy in love with Russell Crowe's character, to be honest with you. Um, but Joaquin Phoenix's character, I just loved his little bitching, pampering moments when he's like, "They don't <laughs> love me. The, the merciful? No, it's not supposed to be the merciful." Like he's just all his little bitch fit moments. Yeah. It just I was cracking up when he he would go off. Oh, it looks like we are out. Am I not merciful? No, oh, you guys, I, I, you guys I hear you back now, on the phone? Okay. Yeah, yeah we hear back you. Back on here. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, but yeah. The, I like I, I just I, I just love those scenes. And, and and what was crazy is that guy tells him he's like, I was a gladiator, I won my freedom. The only way to win your freedom is to win the crowd. And so he yeah. knew he by wearing that mask and winning the crowd in that first big fight. And then obviously Commodus comes down to say like, "Who are you?" And he sees that he's a Max. He sees that he's Maximus. The, he doesn't yeah. kill him because the crowd is so into him. And if the crowd loves the emperor, or if the crowd is happy, then they're, they're they love the emperor. And I guess if the crowd's not right. happy, they don't fucking love the emperor. So, but yeah, it's just it's just societies like that that have an emperor and have s- s- one person that gets to make every sh- every decision for everyone. I think it's um you just you're gonna get that kind of stuff where people kill you well, to get in your position like even if it's your kid I mean it's just that's just the kind of society you're in. Yeah, no, for sure. And I thought the whole politics part was very cool. This is all gonna come back up in favorite scenes, but since you're bringing some of this stuff up, I thought the because Rome was supposed to be a republic, meaning I think like they vote on shit, um, yeah. and there's a senate and stuff. But then at it's some corrupt. points it does get turned into like this corrupt uh, emperors making all the decisions, and it is kind of fascinating how Rome uh transitioned in, into those different time periods where it did switch from republic to just kind of and just well that's that's kind of how uh russia is in a way like i guess russia is technically like it has republic ideas about it but it's all a facade because putin just like runs everything 
So it's Dude, history repeats, it's, man. It's yeah. crazy. Well, totally. And, and let me, and, well, I was just recently watching this documentary on animals fighting, all these different animals fighting in nature. And I'm just sitting back and I'm like, wow, this is really just natural. Like war is so natural. And you look at a movie like this with like a lot of war today, they say they're like kind of disconnected because they're not right there. I mean, this war, these guys were right there. You're stabbing someone with a sword. You're out there. You're banging your sword against your, your, your shield. You're getting all pumped up trying to go fight. And it's like, that's how war was. And war is so natural and it's unfortunate, but it's like, I don't ever think there's going to be a day without war. I mean, look at animals. Animals are going to war with each other almost. And it's like, if they had any kind of intelligence, they would be going to war with each other. And it's just like so natural for humans to just like, and for everything on this earth to just fight each other. Well, isn't it? I think it's interesting that we all think of ourselves as so civilized and whatnot. But if any one of us were back in those days, We'd probably be at the fucking Coliseum cheering on some motherfucking people getting. And isn't that so sad? Because I was looking at it and I'm like, and I was, I kept telling Courtney, I'm like, this was literally entertainment, and it kind of makes you sick to think that like that is entertainment for people, but it really was, and it was like they wanted, they said, kill, 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 like they want to see people die. It's like how fucked up of people can you be to just? I mean, I sort of think of the UFC. I think of the UFC. I mean, yeah. it's not so Yeah, but they don't exactly, die. But, I mean, I, I yeah, do agree they, with you. I can, do agree. People, it's like modern people day. are blood, blood uh, or what do they say? If it bleeds, it leads. I mean, people do, you know, want to see fighting and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of entertainment, like sports-wise, that I think, you know, even football, very violent of a sport. But you Oh, know. yeah, especially football. Football is like the, the next version of this almost. It's, it's really kind of fascinating when, when you think of it in modern terms. Uh, just a few more things here. I don't want to stay all day on stats and facts, but um, they did bring a Harvard professor in who taught uh, in the Roman games to help kind of make sure a lot of the stuff was right. Um, Steven, you brought up uh, Proximo, who was the guy who captured Maximus, and he was like his owner for the games. Apparently, mm-hmm. um, his name is uh, Oliver Reed, and he died actually during the making of the movie. They had to do some CGI. I think he had a heart attack. Um, oh, I did think, um, I did see, I think it was, yeah, it said his final role when I was reading about it. Yeah. Which was kind of, you know, that's, you know, an honor to him for the movie. Jeez. Um, let's see anything else. Oh yeah. The, the director did want to not necessarily recreate Rome, but he wanted to make it seem like, uh, what the people must've been like necessarily. Uh, like the producer said, he modeled the film like an LA Dodgers stadium a thousand years from now. Uh, Proximo was kind of considered to be like an agent, like a creative artist agent or something like that. So that was his vision. And mm. then if you want, you can watch the movie on Amazon Prime, like I'm hoping the two of you did. Uh, if anybody's curious and wants to watch the movie, you can check it out there. As of, I've got uh, a couple more. <laughs> I've got a couple more facts here. Uh, I did want to tie a knot on uh, Marcus Aurelius. So he was the last of the rulers known as the Five Good Emperors. And he was the last emperor of the Pax Romana, an age of relative peace and stability in the Roman Empire, Um, which is crazy. He's known for this like peaceful stoic, but he fought in a ton of battles. Apparently, when he ruled, it was during one of the most. um, Oops, just knocked my mic. Um, It was it was during one of the most uh, like like he, he fought in a lot of battles. Like, I guess it was. 
I don't know, I guess it's kind of conflicting because it says this was an age of relative peace and stability, but he was, I think he was still fighting a lot of wars to like keep it peaceful because he fought in like, fought like a lot of different major battles, which is just interesting because he's known as this like peaceful kind of stoic. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, and, and war he is to... so interesting because war is one of those things where it's like, you can be a peaceful person and you can want to avoid war in any way. But if someone is going to attack you at your home on your and your soil, it's like you don't have any choice but to defend yourself. So you're going to have to yeah. put yourself in that. So maybe it was a situation like that where he's like, I'm definitely willing to defend this place. But, you know, you may, maybe someone I, doesn't want to go seek out any, you know, to continue war. Because there's people like Hitler that were like high on it. They were playing risk in real life trying to literally take over the war or take over the world. Yeah, and and Nick, I'm glad you went back to him because he's so fascinating. I tried to read a book of his called Meditations. It's basically like his journal. I I have wrote. a book. Uh, I have a. Uh, I think it's, it's called the so Daily Stoic. De- or wait, something. who are you talking about? I, I have one of his books. Marcus Aurelius. It's it's. Oh, so I didn't realize dense. that was his. That was his uh, book, and that was the was that that was the the top guy that uh, walking or walking Phoenix kills right. Correct. Yeah, that's that's Marcus Aurelius. Oh, I didn't know he. I didn't know he movie. wrote meditations. He wrote meditations, and if you try to read it, it's very hard because I mean, there's so much wisdom in there. It's just kind of like hard to wrap your it, it, wrap your head around it. I know there's uh, interpretations of it, so it's kind of like in layman's terms these days. Because if you read meditations, I think it's very back in the day the way yeah. he wrote, and um, it you can tell the guy was so brilliant. And talk and writing about stuff that's still relevant yeah. today, and this was fucking in year zero, you know, one eighty A.D. and stuff. It's crazy. The only other things yeah. I wanted to squeeze in really quickly was, um, uh, I, I liked some of these these kind of moving scenes were ad libbed, like Walking Phoenix apparently ad libbed that "Am I Not Merciful" scene, and mm-hmm. uh, Connie Nielsen, who was, um, I forget her name, but his his sister she 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 wasn't expecting it and she was like scared in the scene because she didn't know he was going to do that and then um also russell crowe ad-libbed that scene where he's talking about how his his uh his home smelt like how the kitchen was arranged and the smell in the morning all that was ad-libbed apparently it was a description of his own house in australia when um kind of cool when he That's is cool. telling him that I got this weird feeling that it was going to come back to bite him in the ass because I, I felt that at this point in their relationship, uh, he should have known that information already. Like if you, if you're a war buddy with someone and you're the second in command, pretty much, I'm sure you have conversations yeah. talking about your home and where you're from. Like, where are you from? It's like one of the first questions you ask someone that you just meet, you know, but like in this situation, he was like, Oh yeah, well I live like so-and-so area, like up here on the mountain or whatever he says. And there's a bunch of, and it's just at that point I was like, ah, God, I weirdly feel like this is going to come back to fuck him. But I don't understand how commons knew or, uh, what's his name? Commons. Commodus Commodus knew about that. How did he figure out about where he lived? I didn't understand that. He's his, he, he's family. Like he's obviously the emperor. He can find out anything on the fucking drop of a hat. But that means, that means that guy would have had to go off and tell someone or at least tell the kid or Commodus. 
and then he found out about it. So I'm like, I just, I, that, that was kind of a surprise to me. But after I saw that they killed his wife and kid, I was like, oh shit, now he's really going to go back there and fuck some shit up. But yeah. And, and with this, with this real quick, cause I did want to bring this up. I remember that scene specifically, the mom and kid being hung. Like that's the one scene that I was like, I know this scene's coming any second now. It really stuck with me. So, so Steven, I think this was your first time seeing it. Like, did that have a kind of an effect on you as it did on me? I mean, Jesus. And which scene? The scene where he's at, like he's kissing their feet and they're they were burnt alive and hung. I mean, oh no no no, that was a really uh that was a really heartbreaking moment. Just seeing that scene, because like I said, I didn't even realize that he could he knew or at least Commodus was gonna know where that was, um, and it, it just kind of happened so fast. He gets ex- he gets kicked out. They're gonna kill him, and then they go kill his family, which I. Like, why kill his fucking wife and, you know, son? Maybe because so his son doesn't grow up and come back and kick your ass, probably. as the only thing that I can think of right. that you would want to go do that. But, yeah, it was um it was really hard. That was, like, pretty fucked up way to, like, kill someone, you know. And it's just, like, the Intense. back in those days was just really, really fucked up. And, like, yeah, it's, like, the worst thing I could ever imagine, personally. I think it's, like, well, pretty much the worst. Thing, worst thing if that could the happen horse- if the horse running him over didn't kill him, I guess, yeah, he got hung, too. I don't know. Maybe he just got fucked up when that... Because they show him getting run, like, trampled yeah, by the horse. trampled. Um, yeah. One, one other thing running. I... One other thing that I thought was interesting that I just came across. So, they actually... They used live tigers in that scene when he's fighting in the arena. And apparently they had a, uh, a veterinarian armed with a tranquilizer um, present at all times for safety. And Russell Crowe was asked to stay 15 away from the tigers at all time that um i was about to say because those tigers did not look fucking cgi'd there is one scene there's one moment where it's like moving around he's pulling away from the from the chain and the chain's really getting tight around his neck and i remember saying like damn this is kind of fucked up to do to animals like Obviously, the scene's great, but I mean, if this is what the tigers have to go through for like multiple days, I mean, that's pretty fucked yeah. up to like chain them up. Like I think that, they but. used, I think they probably used CGI when there was moments where it was like it was clawing at at him or when it like jumped on his back and stuff that looked it that I looked think, kind of fake. Yeah, there but, were a couple yeah, that looked yeah. CGI, but there was there a lot that did it. And I remember thinking, there's no fucking way that is CGI. It's also 2000. I mean, you're not in Avatar Land yet, or maybe you're good. Well, close. I I find it's I find that part of the world so interesting because you have all this influence from North North Africa, where you had like the elephants and the, the giraffes and the guys like you sold me two queer giraffes. Like you have you yes, have Europe, yes. but you have these these influences of like tigers and safari animals and shit because it's literally just right across. I guess that's like the Mediterranean Sea, maybe. Well, Africa, Africa is right below it too. So you have that's Africa and Egypt directly south, and then yeah, you're um, it's it, Italy is not that far away from Africa at all. It's just north. And that's of what they would do. That's what they would do. They would take these super exotic animals. In fact, they were thinking about putting in the movie. The director wanted to put in a rhino scene where he fights with Maximus in the Colosseum, but it was just too much money. Like they actually were a trying rhino. to do this for a while. And, they storyboarded it and everything, but there was just too much money and they couldn't even really do a animatronic, like make believe one. It, it just didn't work out and didn't make it. But um, there's another point I was going to make. They actually, in the Coliseum, they found archeologists uh, found that they would 
put water in there and have naval battles. That's how big the Coliseum. I is. heard that was just for a what? small amount of time, but they did do that. They did that though. They did do they that, did that just shit. for a little bit. I, I said briefly. I think they did the naval things, but that is crazy to think that literally. And they're literally people fighting. It's not like they're down there reenacting. They're actually down there. They're like, all right, you versus you, go. You, there's yeah. a ship. You're a ship. Go ahead, and I'm sure they literally fucking put them on two different ships and had them go in circles, trying yeah, to fucking, <laughs> trying to fucking. Or they had crazy. a, or they had a rhino in there. They had a rhino in there killing like some badass gladiator who hadn't died for the last five years. And I also like, feel like it was shit. like the epicenter of Rome at the time, so it was like that's how they're making so much money. And that's how pretty much the city is probably surviving and everything else that's surviving business wise is because of that, you know, it's branched off of that, you know? Yeah. Well, they had merchants and stuff, which was really interesting. I saw on here that they even did sponsorships like modern day athletes. They did, uh, they wanted to put it in the script, but discarded the idea as unbelievable, but they had gladiators who did product endorsements. Imagine and- how it was to just be a fucking uh, just a uh, you know uh, one of the people attending, going through the oh entrance. God, yeah. It's like you go through a Braves game now. Metal detectors, police around. I mean, <laughs> imagine how the fuck it was back then. Like guys with swords standing around and like it. It parallels a lot though. Like you wanted peanuts at the Braves game. They had like you know fucking beef on. Like I don't know what people ate back then, but they had that stuff. And what also sticks. you were saying, Stephen. People would make the way Rome made money was by going out and conquering more land and getting more resources like out of the ground. So that's how they would make money was, yes, Colosseum stuff. And yes, they would sell some products, but it was mainly going out and conquering new lands and getting well, was, their natural resources. It was interesting how there was such an emphasis. Like, um, I can't remember which scene it was exactly, but at one point they were talking about Rome and they're like, why are we. Why are we fighting all these battles or whatever? Maybe it was that beginning scene when they're fighting the barbarians and it was like to keep Rome great. Like that was the mindset was like kind of like it it kind of parallels to early exploration of the U.S. Right. The um, what was it? Uh, Something destiny manifest destiny or whatever, where it was the U.S. The U.S. believed that it was our our interest of spreading the country, you know, spreading it was our destiny to go west and yeah they kind of viewed it as like their destiny was to be like the like to be great and powerful and like yeah we're gonna go take this land and take take this territory because it helps us be great like it's crazy and that literally was how it was i mean even like you said manifest destiny happened in this country and it wasn't theirs when they originally got here. They decided to come through and they decided yeah. to take it by force. I mean, it wasn't like they were like, hey, can we, we buy don't this? We talk about that. They're like, we sure. Don't talk about that. No. <laughs> it's just so weird because you think about New York or L.A., like modern day versions of something that I guess like it would have been Rome back in the day. And it's also interesting to know the geography of where Rome is in Italy and like how it spread out because they didn't capture like Great Britain and London and that area because there were other people yeah. up there trying to keep them out and shit. And same well, with Germany, like Germania or whatever. Right. They're trying to keep them out from Rome. What's, but Rome kept trying to expand out there. What's crazy to me to take this full circle is throughout like our lifetimes, every country has been solidified really. I mean, there's, there's power struggles for land and stuff like that in the middle East, but there's never been a country that's like really taken over another country in our lifetime, I guess, other than maybe like territories being acquired 
by countries or whatnot, but not by like brute force, you know, this Russia stuff, dude, is probably the first time in our lifetime that we've seen another country try to basically take over another country and make it their own. You know, like, I guess the last time that probably happened was like World War II with Germany. Um, right, right. But, you know, can you think of another, because like, obviously there's been wars in Afghanistan, but it's more of just like tribes taking over parts of like the government and stuff like that not necessarily like afghanistan's taking out iraq or something and making it afghanistan like that kind of stuff isn't happening so this shit with russia is really interesting from that perspective no and i I agree i think um i just think in general i mean there's still in africa there's areas that the the government can't control just because like the congo is just pretty much run by themselves and there's definitely areas in the world where I feel like it's not on such a big scale, but it's very much smaller areas taking over different lands. And we might not see it from our perspective. It's not like it's going to change on the map. Like, oh, this is now named somewhere, something else. Like, But I definitely think that war is still very relevant. Um, even nowadays, I mean, I feel like we don't hear about a lot of it, but obviously we hear about the big stuff like Russia invading Ukraine. But I think there's other, other smaller wars definitely going on still. Yeah. Yeah. But it's probably. a can of worms. Um, I feel like we've covered a lot of good good meat here. I mean, we oh, haven't we left much on good. the bones. We got here. some good meat, a couple even for leftovers, but let's move right into that director and cast. Nah, dude. Oh, Steven. five for five. Five for five. You know what's next. Five for five. Okay, let's go into five for five. I'll see you in there. All right, Gladiator 5 for 5, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. And and if you are not aware, um, this is your first time listening maybe, if you get four of the five questions, you get that sweet, sweet cheddar, right, boys? Sweet, sweet cheddar. Sweet, sweet cheddar. That's right. Meaning $5. Cheddar blasted. Let's see who might get the dough this week. Who's paying the most attention? Question number one is, how old is Maximus's son when he is killed? Mm. Mm. We've got... Started question. off depressing as shit, Trent. Why don't you do that? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I do. It's only uphill from here. Five going on six. Six going on seven. Seven going on eight. Or eight going on nine. How innocent was his child before being decapitated? Exactly. So uh, now we now we got to hold on a second. So now we got ages going into another age. So uh, you said five <laughs> to six, six to seven, seven to eight, eight to nine. Yes. And how old was he when he when the boy was trampled upon? God, because I think I think I have my number, but now there's two different fucking answers for my number. Yeah. Well, you can pick the number. Based off of the where it falls, within the okay, it's basically like a half, you know. All right, it's go like, ahead, Stephen. Like, yeah, but you're saying is he this half of these ages or this half of these ages? I don't know. That's so weird. You should just say five, <laughs> six, seven, or eight. Well, they said a lot of. He weird probably shit says he probably says in the movie, "My son is blank going on blank." Right? Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. Oh my god! So he's um, probably turning. All right, so go ahead, Nick. You can blame Maximus. I'm going. I'm going seven, going on eight 
For some reason, I thought he was eight. So I'm, I'm going. Go seven I'm going five. Going on six. I don't know why. I or I think he's six. I think he said six. So maybe six going on seven. But for some reason, I'm just gonna go five going on six. Okay, correct answer is six going on seven. <laughs> I knew there was a Sorry, six in there. I knew there was it. a six. Steven in there. loves it. Steven's face is pissed for the audience. Um, okay, <laughs> question number two. Chat section is live right now. It's getting hot. Steven just Steven just missed a two foot gimme putt. And Hold on, just, I got a. I just did a three putt there, but let me put in my quick beer order real quick as you read that next question, Trent. Okay, get your next beer order. Okay, the next question is, what letters are tattooed on Maximus's shoulder? Mm. I don't what know. we got here is S-P-O-C, S-O-R-C, S-V-X-I, and S-P-Q-R. Oh, this is the Steven, one where he's uh, he's taking it off, right? So people don't know he's part of this. No, he's got it on his arm. I think everybody knows. Isn't he's there part one of it. one scene one where point, he's actually taking point, the tattoo yeah. off, and it's I think it's because he's no. Being, at one point, at, at one point, there's there it's infested because it was cut, and there's like maggots like coming out from the shoulder, and he has to clean it, and then he has to t- uh, stitch it so that it's. But you see the tattoo during this. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought he was taking it off. I, th- I thought he was getting profiled for it. People were seeing it and kn- knowing who he was. No, or... no, no. Okay. Um, One more time on those answers. S-P-O-C. S-O-R-C. S-V-X-I. S-P-Q-R. Let me go B. S-O-R-C. Nick. I'm going to go SVXI. SVXI. Correct answer is SPQR. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. What does that gosh. mean, Trish? It's an, abbre- it's an abbreviation for Senatus Populusque Romanus, and it's an emblematic abbreviated phrase referring to the government of ancient Rome Republic. It appears on the Roman currency at the end of the documents made public by an inscription in stone or metal and then dedications of monuments and public and civil works. Okay. So we're 0 for 0, boys. Let's see if we can get on the board today. I'm hoping so. You're already out, but... We hit the rough, and then we hit the rough again. Yeah. That's right. Okay, next question is... After burying his dead family... Another another uplifting question here. Back to the family question. Max... <laughs> Maximus picked up his by a slave caravan from his home in Spain and carried to Cilicia, Pergamon, Cyprus, and Zuchabar. One more time. Cilicia, Permagon, Cyprus, and Zuchabar. How are you pronouncing A? Isn't it Cilicia or something? How are you saying it? Cilicia. Cilicia, okay. That's the one with an A in it? Yeah, it has an A in it. That starts with an A. Is that the only answer that no, starts with no. an A? All right. I'm it, start, it starts with a C. Is there any Cilicia. answers that start is there any answers that start with an A in there? 
No, but I can make another answer choice that starts with an A if you'll pick it. One more time. <laughs> Cilicia, Perma, uh, Pergamon, Cyprus, and Zuchabar. I'm going to go Cilicia. Zuchabar. Lock me in for Cilicia. I'm, I'm between that. I'm between that and Cyprus. I think D is a completely made up name that Trent thought of. Um, <laughs> I'm all. I'm torn, but I'm going to go A as well. Correct. All right, both going Cilicia. Yeah. The correct answer is Zuchabar. <laughs> Nick. Oh. Nick gets a negative point. So, Steven, oh you're up. God. <laughs> <laughs> I might okay. not get an answer right this whole thing. Let's. See. I mean, these are tough. These are tough, I will admit. This, this movie had a lot of old English. Um, okay. The next question is, in the movie, actually, you might get this one because you alluded to it, Nick. In the movie, how many years had Rome been at war during Marcus Aurelius' reign? Answer choices. 12, 14, 16, 18. How many years had uh, Rome been was at like war? 30. <laughs> had Rome been at war during Marcus Aurelius' reign? Answers one more time. 12, 14, 16, and 18. So the audience knows, when did each of you watch this? Um, I watched uh, it like Thursday. I watched it when we were about to record last week before we had to reschedule and I had rented Sunday. it. So I, I was like, I had a window. I had to get it in that window, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, mm. it was, um, it was right before then. Okay. I'm just going to guess, I'm going to guess, uh, 16. I'm going 14. Okay. Correct answer is 16. Nick yes. on the Lucky board. Guess. Very nice. Nick threw a dart up on the one right. part three. I'm gonna get you got a chance for birdie here, Nick. One right. You gonna birdie it or what? Got a chance for birdie. Actually, it. he's uh he's already hit a water hazard. He's, Listeners are like, what might, the fuck are they b- talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, last question. I thought I'd throw this in here because I wanted to know the answer myself because um, I didn't. It wasn't fully clear, but they, you would, you should get it if you know. Uh, if you're paying attention, who was the boy's father? The boy being who was next to be emperor. Mm-hmm. Answer choices: Marcus Aurelius, Commodus, Proximo. Or Lucius Alias. Oh, I thought it was Maximus. The boy who was going to become emperor, not the boy who got trampled on by the horses. No, I know. You're asking who his father is? Yeah, who's his, who's Obviously his father? The I thought boy... it was Maximus. <laughs> no, Wait, Maximus' son about? was... Maximus's son was the, the little boy, boy who... The little boy who was at the Colosseum who... Yes. You, th- the, you thought that was, was Maximus's Maximus son? son? Uh, yeah, because they had been together in the past, right? H- him and the girl. No, he was like, the remember girl he, was, he in- was coming up to you. He was coming up to him and he was like, I want to meet 
the Spaniard, and he like is talking to him. How would how would that be his dad if he like had no idea who he was? Because he and his mom had gotten together way back in the day. So he, he so and his I mom had been together. I think confusing. it's I okay. think it's his. I think it's Max. All right, I think I know the answer. Let's talk about this after we answer it because I think so, I know it. So Maximus is not on the answer choices, so it was not Maximus. But I can see how that's confusing, Stephen. But it the answer choices are Marcus Aurelius, Commodus. Proximo and Lucius Alias. All right, well, I'm going to have to go with the other super weird answer, which was Commodus, because that was some weird vibes going on with him and his sister this whole damn movie. <laughs> and it was clear, it was clear okay. that he was like a like. Stephen picks the incest answer. <laughs> Stephen picked the incest answer. I'm going uh, Lucius D. I think that came up when I was researching it. And why would the grandpa be his dad? That's that's an interesting take there, Trent. Wait, who <laughs> was that? Who Aurelius, was Lucius? The grandpa would be his dad. Who was Lucius? They didn't. They didn't really. Sh- they didn't really show him. I don't think. What's who who was he? Here? I think answer, it's D, Trent. What's the answer? The answer is Lucius Alias, and I have a family tree if you want. Who is that? So, Marcus Aurelius had two kids. It's Commodus, and then that chick who you were talking about. Um, yeah, I think she was uh, uh, Lucia, Lucilla, Lucilla. Lucilla had the boy who I'm, who's the question. She had the kid, and then the father is the other of Marcus Aurelius' sons. So Commodus, and then this other guy called Lucius Alias, and that's who. Lu- that's who Wait, actually was what? with how Lucilla. Would, how would so the his. You're saying he's son of Marcus Aurelius too, so his son and his daughter had incest together? No, no. So Luci- Lucius saying- Alias was with right. Lucilla. Right. You were saying and that Lucius he, was uh, son of Marcus guy. Aurelius. Though. I'm sorry. Yeah. Lu- I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Commodus and Lucilla. There's only two kids. There's only two kids. It was Lucilla and Commodus. Lucilla had sex with a guy named Lucius, who we don't see in this movie. Right. Okay, so that was a bullshit question because one that was not made clear at all, and I was yes, led to was. believe I was led to yes, believe it one. It is clear that Commodus is into his sister. There is no discrepancy about that. He right, weirdly wants to be with her and like be married to his sister. Uh, second, um, him and uh, her and Maximus were together in the past, and she says he doesn't know. At one point. Commodus doesn't know. Yeah, that they were together in the past or that that's his son. No, no, not that it's his son. It's not Maximus's son. She it's just was just saying that she was just saying he doesn't know that we were together in the past. Yes. Okay. Yes. That was just very confusing. But all right, let's, let's But I let's didn't even know on. about let's in my on. defense, I didn't even know about the third guy, so that was kind of bullshit in my opinion that he even put He that. died. He died like in battle. I think he was. I don't like even. A, I didn't even he remember actually, hearing that. Well, name, also though. the son. The son when he's introducing himself to Maximus says, "I'm son of Lucius." Exactly. Blah blah blah. Oh, I wouldn't have. So he that. does, even though they don't. Even though That's they don't why. show his dad because his dad died. Well, but, the whole yeah, movie, I was led it, to but. believe that there was something weird with the kid. I think it's because Courtney straight up told me that there was something weird with the kid. I think she meant there was something weird with him and his sister. Um, yeah, for sure. but, but yeah, the whole movie, I was kind of like, well, what's going on with the kid? And I didn't, I figured I was led to believe that his real dad, who the kid thinks is his real dad, isn't his real dad. 
and there's like mm-hmm. another dad that I thought was led to believe was uh, Maximus. But all right, we can Maximus, move on. Maximus, no. No. Yeah, let's move on to the last question. Or was that the last that, question? That was the last question. Nick, you got two. Very cool. nice. Steven, I think you got a gopher today. I think I got a gopher, boys. I was hitting the bunkers. Wow. I was hitting the water. <laughs> I was flopping my shots. I was four or five putting. I mean, I was out there today. But if I if I will say, some of those questions are just, you know, bullshit, okay? Well, at least you came to play. You, you put you some really hard out. questions out there, and I, I appreciate that. Even though the last one was so-and-so, you know? I don't know. I don't know about the last one. <laughs> All right, well, at least you tried, Nick. Good job, everybody. Let's get director and cast. Okay, back at Gladiator, director in the cast. This one's going to be a little unique this week with the director. Uh, you guys go pull up his known for us. I just want to go into um, how he actually got into the movie. So somebody came to him and, with a script and was like, hey, check out this picture. Um the picture, the painting's called Police Verso. Sorry, Trent, to cut you off. I want you to come back to this, but Gladi- there's a Gladiator 2 that's two. announced yeah, pre- under his bio. Uh, it's been oh, really? announced. The first, the first thing you see is does Gladiator 2. Does it say when it's released? Or, or No, it doesn't have a date. But anyways, get back I do, to your I do, uh, really I don't want to speak on it now, but remind me later. I want to speak on a movie that is very, very similar to this movie that I really like called um, Pompeii. But uh, go ahead, Trent. So, so the director was given a painting, and it was this. You can see it on my screen right now. And this is what basically drove. It's called the thumbs down painting, and Ridley was pitched the movie with this, which is what drove him to actually want to do it. And they needed somebody who was able to create another world like this, and they knew Ridley Scott did Blade Runner, so they knew he'd be perfect for hmm. it. But this isn't this painting kind of like daunting. I mean, it's fucking Stephen the. Uh- Steven, the thumbs down thing. Had you seen that meme before no, and always was, like wondered no, where it you, was from? Yeah, I, I laughed when I saw it because he didn't even do the thumbs down thing. He just came into frame looking like he did. And once he put his arm up like this, I was like, oh my God, this is the meme that Nick sent, sends me every time he doesn't want uh, doesn't want to do whatever I suggest. <laughs> <laughs> it's this it's this thumbs down and i'm like oh this is where it's from and he didn't even because at first you're like what the fuck is he doing and then he just puts his arm out and i'm like oh my god he's about to do a thumbs up or a thumbs down this is the this is the fucking meme that nick likes to send <laughs> yeah, i only Steven i've loves- only seen this well what's funny what's funny is the first the first time he he does a thumbs up and Rachel walked in the room right when it was happening the first time. She's like, oh, this is where he does the thumbs down, right? And then he does the thumbs up. And I was like, no, that's the second time he does the <laughs> thumbs thing. And so I didn't understand. So um, thumbs up means you live. live. Thumbs, down. thumbs down, down means you die. Means okay. you die. And you see he does a thumb. They do a thumbs down and he doesn't kill. Uh, the emperor does a thumbs down. Maximus doesn't kill the guy, the tiger uh, guy. Yeah. And it was Maximus like Maximus the Merciful. Yeah, Maximus was. So like he was disobeying him, right? He was disobeying him, yeah. making it seem like. But why the do they Senate say people, Maximus the Merciful should disobey? Because maybe they didn't see him. Because they didn't know that he was just he's, dishonoring the emperor. They were just like, "Oh, he's yeah. so merciful. He's he doesn't want to kill this person, uh, but really he's just like giving a middle finger to Commodus." Well, I think they were. Yeah, I think they were all. I think they were pretty much making fun of him. Yeah. By saying the yeah. Merciful, and they were. I think there was one guy in the crowd that said something at one point. I forgot what he said, but it was just funny the way he said it, like just out in the crowd, you know, and like 
That guy has a really funny joke that just yells it out. <laughs> yeah. Like, get in the hole. <laughs> no, I just remember he said something about, like, him being merciful or something like that. And, and, and the what I got from it was that that whole society wanted to see people die. And they were like, if you don't want to see people die, you're a fucking bitch. All right? So, Commodus. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're going to call you out. We don't even give a shit. We're going to call you out in front of everyone. And they knew that that crowd was literally what made or break the emperor so i guess the 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 crowd kind of knew they had like the, whoever the emperor was at the time in their hands with whether they were being entertained or not but it was just interesting seeing that so um so what's also interesting is that th- this movie came out before russell crowe got fat and joaquin phoenix got skinny for right. AKA, aka the joker i which one do you want to go into next well, we didn't even touch on any of uh, Ridley Scott's movies, really. I, yeah, let's I did go into his. He so did, he's he's Blade Runner, he did, um, The Martian. Go he ahead, did Nick. Black Hawk Down. Oh, good one. Oh, did he? Thelma and Louise. Yeah. Prometheus. America. Oh, he did American Gangster. Twenty Ten. I love Hood. that movie. I've never seen. That's that on movie. my list as well. But oh, he did Alien. Denzel and Russell Crowe. He did Alien. Repeat. Ooh, we got a repeat. Yeah. That's interesting. Blade Runner. Oh, Prometheus. That's an Prometheus old, um, as well. 80s movie. Interesting. It looks kind of cool, actually. It's good, dude. There's a there's a new Blade Runner with um, the guy from... Uh, uh, oh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, yeah. So I think the best one I know him from is The Martian. That was a really good Matt Damon movie. I really enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed that movie. It was, you felt like you were actually in like futuristic space. I want to see that original Blade Runner. I don't think I've seen. I've only seen the new one. It's 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 pretty crazy. It's it's pretty it's a pretty big throwback. Oh hold up but, hold up um, hold up. Let's show. He he does a. He's, there's announced he's doing a Pompeii miniseries. Real quick while we're. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. He's saying he's doing a Pompeii miniseries as far as producing. You don't see if he directed that movie Pompeii, do you? Let me look. The movie Pompeii that I'm comparing it to, I'll speak on it real quick. It is a gladiator movie about Pompeii, which Pompeii um, had a volcano that essentially destroyed the city, and this is like a story about right before that happened. It's like a it's like a gladiator movie, but it's also a love story, and like he also teams up with other gladiators in there and um, like runs shit. I I was very much thinking about that movie when watching this movie. Um, but no, it's definitely it's a really good, he, really good modern gladiator movie. If you guys want to see a more, you know, more modern one, he didn't direct that though, Stephen. No, he he yeah, but he did is doing something called Pompeii for like a TV series. I think I think I've actually seen it. Um, it's got Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones in it, and Pompeii. He's I've the main main dude in Game of Thrones. But that sounds cool. I'll Russell, have to check it Russell out. Crow. It doesn't have great reviews, but. I actually yeah, enjoyed um, it. I saw it in theaters, and I actually, uh, I actually really enjoyed it. As far, it's a good gladiator, gladiator movie, and um, it wasn't, it wasn't as interesting yeah, so as this. For Russell Crowe, yes, do Russell we've Crow. got a, a beautiful mind, gladiator. Let's Les see, Mer- Les Miserables. Miserables, yeah, that's a pretty big known. Movie I have not seen that. L.A. Confidential. 
What are the modern movies he's in? Oh, he was um, in that Robin Hood movie. Oh, American Gangster again. Robin Hood. Cinderella Man. He looked good in this. He's movie. solid. He's he's gotten he's gotten really fat. This is back when he was when he peaked, but he looked great. He's solid. Um, he's Australian. He, yeah. So he's you know. How about we down get to Stevens? Stevens guy. What Steven was that? Loves him. Joaquin. Simply. Steven loves him. Some Joaquin. Joaquin. Oh yeah, let's hop into Joaquin. Obviously, a repeat. Uh, walk the line. We've done. I um I think he is a very very great actor though, and um I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie um I'll talk about it it's um it's called I'm Still Here he pretty much did this thing where he made this movie called I'm Still Here is a uh, 2010 if you see it he's he plays himself he pretty much he pretty much pretends like he's having this huge downfall. Um, in his career and says he's quitting acting and trying to become a white rapper and all this kind of stuff. And he has this, like you literally, when that first time I saw it, I was like, Oh shit, Joaquin Phoenix, like fucked himself. Like he was this amazing actor that really went downhill. And then I found out later that this was a whole, a whole gig with him and, um, the guy that he you thought it was he, real. I'm sorry. You thought it was real, like this actually happened to his career. Yeah, if you guys look at he, like he, he works with he works with Casey Affleck, um, who's really close to Joaquin Phoenix in this movie. They're good friends, and essentially, he Casey Affleck is directing this movie, and Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix in an interview pretty much was like, "I was watching these reality shows about people like you know having like these downfalls and stuff," and he was like, "I just couldn't believe people were believing it." He's like, "I he's like the only mm-hmm. reason it was getting any kind of." Tr- publicity was because people were using their real names and not like pretending like it was a movie. So he was like, I'm just going to do the same thing. Mm. And just in the public eye, he was also doing this. Like it wasn't just for the movie. He was doing it in the public eye, telling people he was quitting acting and all this kind of stuff. It's a super, it's a super interesting movie. Watch it in 2010. It's really, really interesting. You really think he's going to fuck off his rocker. I mean, he really Hmm. like, he really looks like a person that's going downhill and you look at it. You're like, dude, this guy was in walk the line in all these movies, but, and there's even, um, there's even like a live uh, night show that he goes on to and Casey Affleck actually gets really, really pissed off at him because he's in this interview with glasses on and stuff, not contributing at all to like the interview saying really small, simple questions, like literally pretending to be a fucked up guy on, on like a night show. And then at the very end, he stands up and he goes over and he takes his glasses off and he shakes the hand of the the, uh, guy doing the interview. And Casey Affleck was so pissed off about that. He was like, dude, we're trying to Hmm. fucking make this realistic. And like, you're going to show your respect to this guy, like at the very last second. And um, it was, it was true though. Walking Phoenix had just wanted to like say, you know, thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Probably explain a little bit. (laughs) Maybe I'm doing this for a role. I hope I didn't fuck your show up but um we'll, we'll i'll talk about it more when the project is done but um Ooh, i just i've always jo- thought that was a very Joker interesting two. movie seeing his his career and seeing that movie and like wow like he really made me fucking believe like he was going off the rocker yeah so joker 2 it looks like is being announced or it says it's rumored so that would be interesting um another movie i think i've talked about before that he's in that he's fucking crazy and is the the master 
and it's got yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. It's kind of like a weird culty movie where um, Walking Phoenix gets kind of bamboozled into like joining this cult, and he's just oh my god! He Is Philip it it's Philip Seymour Hoffman runs the cult. It's 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 heralded as like being an a prestigious movie. I thought it was a little bit weird and slow. Um, okay. but just in terms of seeing him act, I would, I would watch it just to see him act in the movie. Yeah. Um, he's so you guys ever, do you guys ever watch him in, um, signs? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot about that one. And uh, I saw, I watched that like a couple years ago and, um, I was oh, like, he's oh, in shit, Ho- Joaquin uh, Phoenix is in this. Were you guys talking about this, but hotel Rwanda, not me. I think it's come up before. Okay. That's a good movie. Yeah, you were talking about it, Nick. Um, let's let's, let's talk now. about... Uh, I want to talk about Jaman Hunsu, who plays Juba. Steven, did you recognize him from Blood Diamond? Uh, yeah, thank you, Juba. I did not... <laughs> I was... Dude, Blood Diamond is such a fucking good movie. I just recently watched it for the first time. He's amazing Nick, I'm so glad movie. you scratched that itch. I was wondering where I knew him from. Uh, he was really good. He actually... He's in one of the last scenes. He says, you know, he buries... He buries um the, the, his husband... Or his his wife and daughter's figurines where he died. And he says, um, I'll be... You know, I'll see you soon. He says, but not not yet. And then he gets up, and I think, yeah. that's, I think that's the end of the movie. But man, dude, he was such a good actor in this movie, and he's such a good fucking actor in Blood Diamond. I can't. I, I guess it is the first movie, Blood Diamond. Oh my god, that's such a good movie. Him and um, Leo, Leo DiCaprio is such a good Him movie. And Leo, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't get enough credit for that movie. He is really to do that accent. I think believably enough mm-hmm. everything of that i think is really really hard and i think um i was blown away when i saw that in his role and i was um i was watching it just because i heard such good things about it and i'm just interested in like that kind of diamond industry stuff but yeah very uh very interesting yeah he's good he's in some thing. of the marvel real marvel thing. movies he was in but um he's he's a little bit more of a lesser known actor but he's he's still really good um should we talk about Lucilla or Mar- yeah, uh, Richard let's Harris. Her, let's give her credit. Lucilla was Connie Connie Nielsen. She is known for one. She was in Wonder Woman, that new 2017 movie. Uh, the other ones are Gladiator, One Hour Photo, Basic. Um, she's got a lot of credits. I don't recognize anything in particular. Yeah. So I we don't can either. Move let's on. move on to. Uh, Let's see. Proximo, maybe? Proximo is pretty Yeah, let's talk about Proximo really quick. Um, Oliver Reed. And you said he apparently he passed away during the filming of this. Yeah, he passed away in 99. He's in Dr. Heckle and Mr. Hype. Um, Damn, he was born in 1938. He did not look that old in that. I know, he really didn't. It may have been other reasons. I mean, you never know. I don't, I don't know if you looked at the reason, but I mean, it's not. I think if you even like Bob Saget recently, it's just like, man, sometimes people seem way too yeah. Yeah. to go. And For sure. I don't recognize much of his either. It's older older actors, so older movies. Older here. stuff, yeah. Do you want to move on? 
Yeah, is there anybody else we should touch I wanted on? to talk about the um the main the top old guy. Richard Harris. Oh yeah, yeah where, Richard where Harris. Where's where I he's not even on the fucking I gotta click to the main he is. This week on Five for Five, will Steven find the actor? <laughs> director and cast. <laughs> or not not five five director and cast, my bad. I'm gonna uh, make a montage Steven of Steven just IMDb. being like, wait, where is he? <laughs> like where where are you guys at? Where do I find him? Like, I don't uh, see him, All right, dude. here it Where is, is Richard he? Harris. All right, so obviously he's known for uh, Harry Potter. Albus. He's known Albus for Albus. Albus Dumbledore. Count of Monte Cristo. Camelot. Um, he um he did pretty good, but yeah, he seemed very old in this movie, and that was 2000. Um, I think Harry Potter was actually around 2001. So maybe, yeah, hmm. maybe he was just, maybe with a beard, I couldn't really tell, but... This Dumbledore well, honestly looked like he, he was off a dab all the time. I mean, this he, guy. He looked old as Dumbledore, so it's not surprising he looked old in this one also. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, I don't see much else of his. Yeah, Unforgiven. Are- He's known for Cam- yeah, Camelot, the Count of Monte Cristo. We can move on. Okay, I think. Yeah, it's getting the meat and peas. I think we're the meat Nick peas. wants to get in the meat peas. Want the meat and peas. Meat and peas. Meat and peas. All right, I'll give it to you. The let's, chat section wants the meats the... and peas right now. Let's get on our segues. All right. All right. Welcome back to the meat and peas today for Gladiator. Guys, are you ready to get into it? Meats and potatoes. I got my plate filled right here and I got a fork and knife in hand ready to chow down. I may be taking yours. I, I feel like I I feel like everybody's favorites were some of those scenes in the Coliseum. Sure. We have to we have mm-hmm. to You pick it, discuss. you kick it, cowboy. I mean, you know, with the I, I personally I think maybe maybe my favorite one of those was was with when it was mano a mano against that one guy with the with the tiger face, it was metallic yeah. shiny um, armor on, <clears throat> and he's just going up against him, and they have a good you know battle, and then he just gets him right in the end on the foot, top of the foot. That was a good one. Some of the <laughs> lions the in that scene were really good, <laughs> I thought. But the, you you also gotta love the chariot you know, that scene where he teams up with the guys and they all do battle against <clears throat> the guys on the chariots. And, and then he was like, daddy, I thought the gladiators were supposed to lose. <clears throat> and then, you know, that scene mm-hmm. was a really, really good one. Some really solid action sequences. I have no idea how they pulled off with some of this old school weaponry they had. Uh, but I, I think honestly what my favorite scene was, I do have a depiction of it here for you guys, was some of the shots they did of, Rome back in the day like some of these shots of like the Colosseum in the yes, background yes they did a and, very good job and how it looked and, and just like the architecture of it almost looks like a New York skyline but of like the skyline of like back in the day Rome when it was thriving not like not like what you see today where this is all crumbled up it's like they yeah, had the full these full things thing. at the top of the these things at the top of the Coliseum, they had uh, like umbrellas that would fold mm-hmm. into the stadium so that people had shade. 
it's like some of the oh, wow. some of the stuff and detail that we don't even really know about. Um, but also, this is just cool with the with the uh, I don't know what these are called battalions, legions of just Roman soldiers standing outside of what looks like some very very famous um, government. You know, walking. It's basically when Walking Phoenix came back from that uh, battle with Germany in the beginning yeah. and they're they're making their way back and he's like loved for winning and all that so that was probably my favorite scene i think those were some of my favorites what, what do you guys who wants to go next nick um yeah a lot of the coliseum scenes were good i i did really like i mean in terms of good it's not my favorite scene but the scene where yeah the 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 family is hanging is and mm. he's like kissing their feet burnt feet it's your favorite and scene he's yeah. like drooling and and like crying <laughs> i'm just like no i just respect i respect really well acted scenes and that's one of them um so i really like i like that from just like a yeah acting perspective beyond that um yeah the a lot of the scenes of them fighting in the coliseum Kind of the first time, actually, the first time they're going into the Coliseum and they don't know what to expect, and the one guy's like peeing his leg, and I know that was everyone's like so nervous. That was just like a holy shit. You know what? Where, you know what that yeah, scene reminded me of was that D Day scene in Saving Private Ryan when they're all on the yeah, boat yeah. going up to the shore and they're all just sitting there, standing, looking in the same direction, like freaking the fuck out for about to be on the other side when that bro- boat drops. And I, I just got those vibes. Cause I think like you see like guys throwing up and stuff and like you see, yeah, you see that guy peeing and stuff and it's just like, all right, dude, you're definitely going to die. <laughs> you are not going into this at all. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of hard to go into something like that confident when you know, you're just probably going to get fucking killed in a horrible they way. They were, they were handcuffed, handcuffed together. That guy who peed his leg ended up getting his arm cut off because he died. Yeah. And the other, yeah. the a big, big jacked guy was like his partner, and he was like, "Well, I don't need you anymore." And then cuts off his arm so he can like keep moving. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that scene was really good. And then of course, of course, the very ending scene. You know, the final, final vengeance he gets, um, is is. The, you know, Epic. it's what you're waiting for. You're waiting the whole movie to see the revenge, and it sucks that he has to die. Um, but yeah, you know, he he wasn't gonna get away with it scot free. You can kind of tell his plan is like a little bit too perfect to go perf- you know, to go perfectly according to plan. So I kind of like the little little curveball at the end. But even though he gets locked up and stabbed in the back before he fights him, he's still, even though he's wounded, is able to kick his ass. And mm-hmm. just the brutal, like, knife-to-the-throat type of thing, just slow, like, ooh, it's hard to watch, but it's also just good, a good ending. Very good What's ending. interesting is he obviously gets stabbed in the lung beforehand, so to give Commodus an advantage, and he still kills him and everything, and he, obviously before he dies, he's like, this, these are my wishes uh, for this and this and this, and I don't know why... At that point, they were like, all right, this guy is like the king now. Because I guess they thought he would, I don't know, like at that point, I still don't understand why they thought like his word was whatever, but 
he kind of gives his speech real quick and then he he dies. I could just see someone being like, all right, write that down. Hurry, write that down. No one recorded this. We got to get all this down. He said that one time. Did you catch everything he said? Because he had a couple requests in there specifically for the Republic and the Senate. <laughs> Got a, gave some information. Right. I hope everyone uh, hope everyone heard that clearly. But it was just like that. And then he dies. Whoa. And then hopefully, hopefully, they're like, all right, you heard the man. <laughs> Get to I, it. I think that Maximus dying at the end, while it is sad, it's also supposed to be portrayed as like, he's going home like the director. And and I think they wanted it to be like a good thing that he died because he was finally going to go back to see his family. And it's that whole like faith, that powerful faith. Well, um, that's such a good scene. They kind of added to the movie. That's such a good scene in the movie. Probably one of my favorites when, yeah, he's finally getting, he's finally back with his son and daughter. I mean, his, um, his uh, wife and son, but you saw glimpses of that scene throughout the movie where he's out in the field and like he's touching it. So yes. like, I think he yes. knew he was approaching death and he, he knew he was like, I'm going to do, I'm pretty much going to die to try to like save this. If I can, if I can manipulate this crowd and try to save Rome or whatever, I'm going to do it. And it was interesting because there was the time he was talking to the Senate. It was just really interesting because the guy from the Senate was like, they're originally making a deal where they're going to say, all right, you can go back to your army, which is still loyal to him and knows who he is. And they'll, and they'll come back and then take over and then take, take over Commodus. And then he's like, Oh, and then you're just going to give, give power back to the Senate. Are you? And he's like, yeah. He's like, well, why should I believe that? And it was like that at the time it's like, yeah, why should he believe that? Because everyone at that time was just taking over and ruling with violence. And then the only time someone else would, Takeover is when someone else had a bigger army that could come in and rule with violence. Right. So he was even then like, oh yeah, well, what makes, what makes us think you're just going to come in here and take over and just give it back to, you know, give it back to us. But obviously we know he's like, listen, I'm just trying to get fucking home. Like if this is how I get out, then that's great. But I'm just trying to get home to see my kids. But then obviously, well, I guess even at that time is they were dead. They were dead. So I don't know. Maybe he was just trying to get vengeance and kill kill Commodus before he died, which he did. Yeah, I I think he he was there was a point in time in Rome with Marcus Aurelius and stuff where it wasn't just a power trip. It was more like let's do it for the good of Rome. So I do think Maximus was a part of that tribe, and I think the senator was kind of realizing that he could trust Maximus because he really didn't have a choice. Commodus was just going to make Rome fall to shit. Well, so, and he, the senator wanted Rome to be great. Maximus you know, didn't like have Maximus a choice, did. anyways. I think Maximus was still considered a slave. I think, um, I, I don't think he had the option to like go. I think he was like forced to be in that position, probably because he was just the best fighter overall, and he never died, and he killed a lot of people, and naturally he's going to be the best one, and he can go into battle and do some serious damage, but. You could tell his whole his whole goal in the beginning was to get home, and then, you know, he's like pretty much saying like, "Yeah, I intend to go home," and the guy's like, mm-hmm. "You know, well, yeah, that's fine, I guess." And then I knew as soon as um as soon as Commodus came up to him was like, "Oh, I you know I'll be ex- you know expect me to call on, upon you or something." I was like, "Oh fuck, dude, this guy is gonna fuck everything up for him. He's not going home anymore. I can already tell you that right now." I did think he got away though. Like I don't remember why my memory missed this, but I thought 
he got like out of there and took over and Commodus. I forgot about the ending scene where he, where he battles Commodus cause he got captured. Um, so it did kind of throw me. I, I was thinking, I was thinking the ending was pretty good because I like how they ended it. Uh, they, they, they tricked me and then they also made a dope ending battle scene against Maximus and Commodus. And, uh, and they did it well too, because if they just went straight up, like Maximus would have just slayed oh, easy, him. But easy. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. That was a really good idea to make it so that he was punctured and able to, you know, not fight as well, but still killed him. But let me give so, some of my favorite all, scenes. All in all, I thought it was a good ending. There. I agree yeah, with, Steve. I agree with those scenes that you guys were talking about. Those were good scenes. And I did like them a lot. One of my favorite, I was just, I loved all the Joaquin Phoenix scenes where he was just making me laugh. The first one I started cracking up when he was like, daddy, if we, if the battle over, is the battle over? Daddy's just going to hugging his dad and like everyone's standing around. Yeah. The battle's fucking over. I was just laughing so hard at that. And then all his little bitch fits. I just was laughing when he was getting super angry that the crowd was calling him merciful. I just thought that was hilarious. It was all kind of backfiring on him and like, uh, Maximus mm-hmm. kind of had the crowd in his hands so he didn't have to worry about it But I, and I love that advice when he gives him he's like you know may, hold the crowd and um, you know uh, Commodus is kind of going to be put in a corner to either treat the people or you know get his vengeance on what he you know tried to do yeah. earlier but um, there was this one scene where that guy Proximo I don't know if you remember he was like we're going to win all these battles and all the whores are going to suckle us and tell there's nothing more to suckle. And he just said this really funny, weird shit. I was just like, Oh my God. Like that's this, that's this whole guy. That's this guy's whole prerogative right now. It's just like, we're, I'm just trying to get rich and get bitches. That is it. Like you're my, and he, then he tells him, you know, pretty much like if you do this for me, yeah, you're going to get your freedom. Like, cause everyone's going to love you and like, you're going to be the best thing. And, we're both going to win. <laughs> so, so you bring that up. Uh, Proximo actually, you know, he won his freedom in the movie, but what they were going to do if he had not died was the script. They were going to have Proximo as punishment for letting out Maximus. They were going to have Proximo and Maximus fight in that last scene, as opposed to Commodus and Maximus. Oh, interesting. But because he passed, oh, that would have been so cool too. Because yeah, oh, wow. it's really hard to believe that Commodus is going to come in there. You see him training, but obviously he, he he's not been in the real real battle where the real pressure is put on. Yeah. Um. So you knew that, but then after he stabs him, even I didn't even think that was like too much of an advantage. I guess I didn't realize it was such a fatal stab to where he was going to die at the end regardless, and he was pretty much just holding mm. off his death until he could kill this guy, but. Yeah, um, yeah, there was just a lot of those scenes, and I I compare it to Pompeii just because there's like a love, there's kind of like there's kind of a love story as far as you know him wanting to get back to his family, and um, this woman kind of like being into him even though he's not into her, and then Commodus I did think is that like part was into weird. into her even though it's kind of so, a love story, so okay? A brother sister well, love. Story. I, I was kind of like. <laughs> I was kind of thrown off because you're like, oh, you look up to Maximus. And honestly, I think that's one of the biggest things about this movie is that women can watch it because not because necessarily Maximus is like this badass fighter, which gets every dude on board, but because he's like so loving of his kid and his wife and he just like loves so much, you can tell. And I think that's what gets women on board. But also what threw me off was that he got with that other chick 
And I was mm. like, well, that kind of goes out the window of him being, but I guess his wife died. So does that him get, make it okay? Yes, but also how much time has passed? Also, there needs to be a solid amount of time. And And the movie depicted as a very short amount of time that had passed. And it was just a kiss. So I was kind of, you know, I was kind of like playing all this with how virtuous it made him actually like appear or how they wanted him to appear. Um, I don't know. I want to get y'all's takes. What do you think? I just thought that. I knew that she was into him just from the beginning, but it was very clear that he was not interested in her. And obviously it was cause like he had a wife and everything, but yeah, like you said, I guess by yeah. the end, because she really goes out of her way to try to take down her brother essentially, which she's also super creeped out by. She's like, shit, get this guy a fucking way from me right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is just, but, uh, no, that, um, I, I and and that's why I was led to believe because they mentioned it at some point that they were together in the past and I was like, oh, like that might be like her, that might be his son or something. And then there's that weird scene where Commodus is just like staring at the kid and I almost feel like he was like really wishing it was his kid. That's kind of how he was looking at it when I first saw the scene. So I knew off the bat that well, like that was... wasn't that wasn't like um that he he like just had some weird connection with that kid. Well, she seemed nervous whenever he was alone with him because she was worried that he was going to punish her by killing her her son. Yeah. So there yeah. was that scene where she's like, "Where's where where is he?" and her like maid or whatever is like, "Oh, he's with Commodus." And she like freaks out and it's because she's worried that he killed her son. But uh back to the back to the thing about the the virtuous thing. Um I was kind of thinking the same thing. I was like, this is kind of shitty, but it's a part of life. But also, when is the right amount of time before you move on like that? Mm. Uh, like, it didn't seem like a long enough period of time. Like, he's in the midst of all of this shit. But at the same time, he's human. And he hadn't. He had been away uh, at war yeah. for like two, pl- two plus years as it is. So he hasn't like been with a woman in two plus years. And then his wife dies before he can even see her. So it's kind of like he hasn't seen his wife in like two plus years. Um, not that it makes it oh, any yeah. better, I guess. But yeah, I wasn't that bothered by I it. I personally think okay. Like you said, they didn't have sex or anything. I personally think it would take a much longer time. It's not like they just like got a divorce. Like she died and his son died. I think it's like a package deal where like you would be pretty traumatized for a good while to a point to where I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just feel like, and I don't know exactly how much time had passed because it might've been years or so, like many years that he had been there. I don't know. The kid didn't really look like he aged. But also you got to think, you got to think probably back in this time too. There was such an emphasis on on spreading your error that I could see a guy like this being like thinking like, okay, well, not only did my wife just die, but my only son, my only heir to my name just died. Like, I got to find another girl and get her pregnant so I can get a son, like another son, because uh, like that's that's a big uh, a big emphasis back then is like spreading the 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 male you know line in your family. So I could see him quickly turning the page like i'm gonna knock up well you tried, did you say it was just a kiss a it, how far did it go between i, I don't remember exactly it was it. just a kiss yeah no it was just a kiss and i i was curious because i did think i heard like I, and i'm on imdb now looking at like the female score on this 
And the male score was 8.6, females was 8.3. So they were just like maybe 0.3 mm. less because of that kiss. You know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but I think I the ladies think just like Russell Crowe in this. Honestly. I do think the ladies did like this movie though. Like, I don't know if you watched it with your ladies, but I think Lauren was getting into it a little bit. Yeah. Courtney had, uh, Courtney had seen it. She said she liked it. Oh, another scene real quick because I sent it to you. The bird, the bird thing. Yes. That? that was cool. Yeah. That scene was fucking phenomenal. Wait, what bird? I mean, he, he, so I sent on Insta to these two, the audience, for the audience, uh, that was Russell Crowe looking at this bird, and the director gave him very specific notes to look at the bird, look at it going away, and then focus your attention back on the battle. And he he executes it flawlessly. Steven, you should go back and look at that Insta thing if you if you don't remember but it's so good. His acting is on point. Like, and then the director is like, yeah, we're going to be good fucking friends or something after that scene, yeah. after he nails it. We're going to be really yeah. good. Yeah, we're going to do yeah. a really good job on this. Interesting, interesting. I don't, I don't exactly remember that scene. But I'll check yeah, out so the Instagram. Go back and see that. So um, any other scenes, you guys? I, we... we Hit on a lot. Here. No, I'm ready. I'm ready to get in. I personally, I was just really impressed with how much money they put into it. All the, because in a movie like this, you're talking about armor, you're talking about swords. There's not anything CGI going. Even the lions. I mean, you're talking about putting a lot of stuff into just props. Like there's millions of dollars in just props, and they're like coming in on the little. You know, I love that one scene where Commodus is entering Rome. I guess um, after his father passed, and he's like. He's like, the guy was like, he's entering Rome. Like he's a, he's defeated like the nations. Like who does this kid think he is? Mm -hmm. And he's like, got all these people with him, And he's coming up on his little sports car Miata chariot, (laughs) like a five horses in front of it. So he can fucking really haul ass. I don't know, but it was just, uh, it was kind of just funny seeing him in that little bitty thing and just coming up. And it was funny. Uh, when he, when, uh, Maximus says, are you not entertained? I was like, oh, this is where it's from. Okay. Yes. This is that's where it's, it's from. That's yeah. a great scene. And, and I that love that because he's like, seriously, like, and, and the thing was is that um, I think that crowd was like, I think he went a little too overboard, which it's kind of funny to think, oh, you're there to be entertained by killing, but then this guy goes out and fucking whips the shit out of everyone pretty quickly, and you're like, oh, shit, the crowd was kind of stunned and just like, oh, man, this guy, like, yeah. it was that was almost a little too mm-hmm. much for him, and that's why he's like, are you not fucking entertained? This is what you want to see, right? Like, me come out here and kill people. Isn't that what you want to see? So there you go. Like pretty much like that's how it is. Like, you know, and, and he's like been in war and stuff. So that's, he's used to getting it done quick. He's not used to drawing it out and trying to, you know, make it look good for the yeah. crowd. Oh no, that was an extremely good scene when he, that first time you really see him kicking ass. Yeah. Can you imagine being one of the guys in the back of the line, just seeing like the four guys in front of you getting killed and you're the last one and you're like, yeah, I got to fight that guy. Like, Dude, can I you just be imagine so being nervous. like, can you just imagine being like underground before you go out and hearing just the onslaught and then the lions and then just the people cheering and then you, you step out there and you see some guy with some like buffalo head on or something just some of this armor they they made to look so Dude, intimidating. It was pretty, it was pretty gruesome too. Like some of the some of those that scene uh, that first might be in the first one of the first battles where they're in the arena and the chariots are going around 
and like people are getting like sliced in half. Uh, the one guy like picks up that that other dude and like throws him against the wall with the spike thing. Like th- there's some yeah. gruesome ways that people die. Um, yeah, it's just crazy that that's just normalized. Like if you're an eight year old kid, you've seen a body just being slashed. Well, like in Trent half. said though, they had they used that Coliseum for other stuff like you said they even use it for naval reenactments every once in a while uh and i'm sure they fought to the death in those two and those things sunk but uh they used it for like public hangings and stuff it was just a place where you know anything goes i think i don't think you know you know there was too many plays going on in there i just can't imagine being like (laughs) (laughs) being like friday night be like hey what's up guys like you want to have a couple beers and go like to the public hanging See a couple people get hanged to like have I know, some beers, so catch weird. a buzz. That and... is so weird. I mean, and that and that's you crazy. That's 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 how it used to be. I mean, they weren't like, "Hey, do you want to go see Shakespeare at the Coliseum tonight?" They're like, do you want to go see Shakespeare get killed at the Coliseum tonight? That, yeah, it's supposed to be a lot of blood. Yeah. All right, um, Trent. Why don't you uh? Why don't you hit us with that review? Hit us with that rev. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Um, So this movie is just, I think, extremely enlightening from like a a sense of historical relevance. Uh, It's basically like where we all kind of come from. So that that aspect of seeing it and finally actually digging into the research and understanding where it took geographically, but also like I don't feel like it's that far removed from modern day. which is also eye-opening uh, as I get older. Like some of it, honestly, felt like very contemporary in that mm-hmm. you know, it, like people are just the mob just cares about being entertained. They don't give a shit if you're addressing like real hard-hitting you know things that are going on in the world, like poverty or you know whatever the issues of the day are might be. It's all about entertaining people and that's how you make shit happen and get popular. And if it bleeds, it leads like Steven said. So I just thought even thousands of years ago, like it's still relevant, maybe more so today. And I also don't think that it's that far off that people like us wouldn't want to see that stuff or go to that stuff. Um, I know I personally am a little bit like when I would see UFC fights, I'm like, good Lord. Like I can't watch it. It's just like, it's just like so fucked up. Some of the, some of the, and I know it's not the same. I know they're not killing each other with swords, but you know, they hit each other's in the head. No problem. Like knock each other out. Um, it's kind of crazy to me, but to get back to the movie, great fucking film. We didn't even really talk about a lot of the acting. I felt like with you kind of touched on Joaquin Phoenix, but he did such a good job. Russell Crowe did such a good job. The story in general is just an epic fucking hero's journey. Not many holes for me. I guess some of the script was like a little holy with some of the, I don't know. I really don't have very many um, gripes. I, I'm coming into it like not sure how high I want to go. I, I think I'm going to give it a five stars. Though. This one's, one's going to be a five star. Damn. Damn. Five wow. stars from T-Mill. The chat section is going I don't have many. I don't have right gripes. Now. I don't have any gripes. I think that's why. Wow. So, Steven, um, you want to you want to bat bat lead off here or us? 
in the hole. Well, I do got to freak my leak, so why don't you go, Nick? I'm still debating, okay? Mm. And I don't know if you guys want to throw out a genre right now because okay. I got a couple running around the capsule and I can land nah, on one if you no guys genres. got something. Just, okay? just pick it. No, dude. Just just go off the top with All it. All right, Nick, go ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to um, consider here. All right. Um, so really good movie. This one's been on my list as well. Um, I put it in the categories of kind of those upper upper echelon kind of classic war movies from from this time period. Um, Troy's in there as well. It's just it's age, it ages so well, and um, I wasn't sure how well it would age going back and watching it. But I love some of these movies because they don't use a lot of CGI. It reminds me of like early Lord of the Rings movies where it's just everything's real maybe they don't have as nice of cameras as they do now where they could make it look even like sharper but for what they did the uh the action scenes i mean this is like the john wick of like this time period for for mm-hmm. like how how much of a badass he was but it wasn't so over the top like if if it was like so John Wick, you know, he'd be in there and there'd be a hundred people attacking him and he would be killing every single one of them. So this was realistic enough where it wasn't so over the top, but yeah, the action scenes were great. Acting was great. Um, you know, I would say I'm, I'm not there on the five star range just cause it going back and watching it, it doesn't hold my attention quite as much as like a five star movie should. Um, it wasn't long, but I did split it up into two days just because it is a little bit on the longer end. So that's only reason. But again, these movies should be long. Um, you just have to be really in the mood and really captured to like be present the whole time. And because I knew what was happening, I'd seen it before. I know the ending. Um, it was it was losing me a little bit. Although I did forget about that twist. Um, so that was. That that was still cool to see, but overall, great movie, uh, right up my alley. Trent, great great pick. Um, but for those reasons, I I think I'm gonna be a little bit lower. It's it's just a it's gonna be a solid four star movie for me. Solid four. Oh, okay, interesting. Four. Okay. That's a good. I still I'll take that. All right, you guys. I, I think that. I got my pick locked and loaded. So stay tuned if you want to hear my leak. My review. Thought it was a good movie. Like Nick said, I really <laughs> like that old school non that was a good movie. non CGI uh, going into it. It it was kind of hard to keep and capture my attention. You guys know I don't love crazy action movies. I'm not a huge fan of these really really far old timey movies, um, way in the past and stuff. But I did like uh, I really liked Pompeii, and that's a good gladiator movie. So I went into it thinking, all right, this is going to be at least some of that. And it was. And it was very, very entertaining. I love the lion scenes. I just think they did, or the tiger scenes, I think they did a lot of good uh, non-CGI filming, which there's a lot to be said for that. And we've talked about that in the past, about how we wish it would kind of be nowadays that they're still filming movies like this because – it really puts you there and you're like, wow, they must have spent a fortune on this freaking movie just to get this. And all in all, acting was really good. I loved Joaquin Phoenix in it. Um, I think he did the mm. best, in my opinion, um, just making me laugh. And he just played that role really, really well. I, I was really surprised to see him. I mean, obviously, he's a great actor. but And this is my first time seeing this movie, 2022. 
so good you know 22 years after this was filmed so it definitely still stands up and um i wouldn't i don't I don't think I'm going to go up into the fours necessarily, but I am at 3.5. Interesting. Mm. Okay. And it's not horrible. Like I said, love I, I don't love it, love it, but I definitely will rewatch it again. It's it's definitely a movie I'll rewatch. And 3.5 is kind okay, of, we know that's kind of an outrage. I it think takes it a lot is, for Steven to rewatch I think movie. it is tilting towards four, but I'm going to have to go 3.5 personally. But it is leaning towards four, and I will rewatch it. So if you guys know me, that does say a lot. That says a lot. Yes. Well, let's let's cool. hear that that leak. Yeah, let's hear what's let's hear what's up. For I've got a lot of good ones in the hopper now. I've I've kind of ruled out doing my really really good ones. Um, I still. Why? I just I almost feel like some of these we I want to save, really, and I know really they're I know they're also on your guys' list too. Some of these that I'm I really want to choose. I, this one I, I really want you to pick a least favorite movie here no like it's not i'm just thinking about movie. maybe picking a really funny comedy because i haven't picked a comedy when's the last time i picked a comedy i've been i've been on a biopic run for a little bit guys do do your go to go with your gut i think hereditary was your last comedy <laughs> <laughs> Oh um, no! Without a paddle, Stephen. Oh, interesting. Okay, without a paddle. Oh yeah, redeem paddle. yourself from that trash. Um. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if I'm gonna go comedy, I might have to go with a classic. I might have to do. Uh, and I'm between two comedies right now. Two are rolling in the noggin. God, they're not. They're not top. They're the not top here. comedies. They're not top comedies. But I think they are really, really funny. And really, really well done. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Joe Dirt. Bring oh, it in, Joe, Joe Dirt, baby. Dirt. Listen, oh my I'm gonna get Preston. I were just talking about this. Movie. I'm gonna get Preston on the podcast for this one because growing up, Preston yeah, and I should. would always. This was one of the movies we had on DVD when we were younger, and we would That's go in our funny. basement. We had our TV, and we would watch this movie over and over and over. And I remember it was so funny when we first released. Preston was like. I saw all the episodes and I didn't see Joe Dirt. What's up with that? <laughs> he was just he was just making fun of me though, just playing. Here around, we go. It, it is going to be one of those movies I want to have Preston on. Hopefully he can get on it. It's a it's a funny it's a funny movie. I like it. It's not a top comedy by any means, but it, it's still in my mind. It's a very nostalgic banger. Yeah, it I, is. I can see it. it. Steven has talked about this one for a long time, for those that don't know. So I, I'm glad it picked it. I'm glad this is a Steven comedy for sure, through and through. Through and through. I've heard David Spade, he's really, time. really good in it. I think it's hands down David Spade's best role. And uh, it's just a really good movie, really nostalgic for me. But people, Hypocritic Podcast, throw us a five stars and a review on that platform. We appreciate it. Instagram at hypocritic underscore podcast nrjones at yahoo.com thmiller at gmail hit us up email them directly and also submit them to other emails lists subscriptions um, whatever you want <laughs> if you really if you're really wanting to it's hypocritic podcast at gmail.com there you I go i don't think anybody should reach out to our our personals <laughs> but like uh steven said thank you for listening this far um Thank you, Frankfurt, Germany. That one guy out there who listens to every or girl. episode. You fucking we don't know. Rock. Or girl could be. Uh, who knows? And uh, another, another good, good episode here with Gladiator. Good to see you guys.